You're listening to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe, and I'm a business coach for online health coaches who want to attract their ideal clients, stop feeling defeated by their never-ending to-do list, balance a healthy lifestyle with their growing business, and stop overanalyzing what everybody thinks of them so that they can confidently own their message and online presence. On this podcast, we dive deep into health information you can share with your clients, business strategy tips, and more. Let's get to it. Hey there, I'm really excited about today's episode because you're going to get to hear one of many guest speakers in my Zero to Hero Coach program. Every round of the program, I have guest speakers for you on topics like Pinterest, email marketing, how to keep your business legal, things like that. And this one in particular was one I wanted to share with you because we talk about how to use your story to sell without really feeling salesy. So I think it's going to be really helpful for you if you're struggling with content and how to have your content convert to people actually interested in working with you. Now, the last thing I want to mention is if you are interested in the Zero to Hero Coach program and booking more clients you love consistently online, please do go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to fill out your application. The application forms are open for a few more days for this particular round of the Zero to Hero Coach program. But if you miss out on this round, don't you worry, still fill out your form because you'll be notified about the next one. One more bonus announcement. When you're listening to this episode, you're going to hear our guest, Marshall, talk about how to craft your story. And he talks a little bit about a template that he uses with his clients. And I wanted to be sure to make things simpler for you. So I created a template that you can use and you can get at HaleyRow.com slash storytelling, all one word, and it's totally free. So go to HaleyRow.com slash storytelling for the show notes for this episode. And that is where you'll be able to get your storytelling worksheet to help you implement everything we talk about in this episode. Thanks so much. I'm really excited today to introduce to our Zero to Hero group coaching clients, Marshall. And Marshall, how do you pronounce your last name? It's Gillen. Gillen. Yes. Gillen, yeah. And he is a firecracker, and I will let you t- <laughs> I will let you tell everybody about your story first, and then we're going to yeah. talk about storytelling as a coach online. Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, Haley, I really, really appreciate you letting me come into your Zero to Hero group. Like, how incredible is this? Um, and I just want to say thank you to all of you, especially you guys who are here a lot live joining us. And those guys who come back and watch this on replay, really, really appreciate your time. I know how valuable it is. So I know that Haley and I think it's just amazing. And so a little bit about me. Uh, I, where do I even start? I grew up like uh, Haley and I were just mentioned uh, on a small farm in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. And, and really my life is... It was it was met with mostly challenges and a lot of a lot of turmoil, a lot of trouble. That kind of destruction as I got older uh, led into a very destructive lifestyle. Um, but now at the age of thirty five, I've gotten that well under control, and I've been an entrepreneur for the last seven years. The last three years specifically, I've been working online uh, as an online influencer, and then specifically in the last two years, I've really been focused on helping. Uh, coaches and entrepreneurs transform their story so they can transform their life. And I find that a lot of people just want to hit the stage or they want to build a platform where they can speak and share their stories. And so I've really learned how to use storytelling and the art of communication as a weapon to really go out there and make a change and really be able to help people transform their lives. So it's been an incredible journey. Sometimes I'm a five-time college dropout. So sometimes I have to pinch myself. I'm like, is this really my life? Uh, And I think the coolest thing is, is that you know, through storytelling, we become so relatable that uh, it just, it just, it's like the most selfish thing you can do is like make somebody feel good, right? And so when you really learn how to use your story and turn that mess into your message, um, yeah, it's great. You make more money. The freedom is amazing, but it's truly like how much fulfillment you feel. And I think that's what's so great about storytelling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think it's something that's maybe overlooked by a lot of coaches. Um, yeah. A lot of people are focused on just their packages and who they are, like yeah. what kind of clients they coach and, and things like that. And I think that from what I keep hearing and seeing, storytelling to me is becoming up the charts as far as importance. Uh, 100%. How, how much it will influence your income. 
And yeah. so can you tell us a little bit about how to even start developing yeah. as a coach? Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, I think first is that it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Like it doesn't matter what you sell, what your product is, what your niche is. With so much access nowadays, consumer is no longer being sold to. Like nobody is being sold. People are only buying. They are making informed decisions on who and what they want to buy and who they want to buy that from. And so the old days of the ABC always be closing and like, you know, and the position in the sales and don't like that's done. And so I know that just like you guys on this call right now, you know, our, our BS meter is high. Like we can sniff that out right away, you know, when, when we don't really believe in somebody. And so you got to remember that our clients feel very, very much the same way. Go, okay, cool, Marshall. Well, then how do we fix that? And so I know a lot of coaches go out and they think, post a picture, making a video. Now I got to add value and value and value. And that's great. But you guys are going to want to write this down. Facts tell and stories sell. The reason I say that is because I want you guys to understand that with our digital phone, with our mobile phone, that's not like a digital campfire. And so what I want you guys to think about is that every time you guys get around your little digital campfire, how can you tell a story that's going to get your community to lean in and be like, oh yeah, like we all remember what it was like when you guys used to go camping and you put the flashlight up, or even if you're having people over to the house, right? Put the flashlight up at dark time, you're a little kid, you're supposed to be in bed, you're telling your scary stories to your friends. It's the same thing. And so Really, what's really interesting is that I want you guys to understand that storytelling is science. Okay. Once you guys understand how to tell a story, it's almost like your ideal client is impervious to your message. And so, what I really want you guys to understand is that when we're telling stories, the number one most important thing about a story is a great story is relatable. And that's it. A great story is relatable. For example, for you guys that are on this call right now, like I can tell a story and be like, hey, I know what it's like on a Wednesday afternoon to have to schedule out time and you're sitting here. And so look, I just want to give you guys a big pat on the back and thank you so much like that. I'm making myself relatable off the bat. And so that's the power of storytelling. And so now when we go, okay, cool, Marshall, a great story is relatable. Well, I don't understand why that works. I'm going to tell you why it works right now. Okay. So let's just get into the science of it a little tiny bit and I'll give it back to Haley. The science of storytelling is basically when you guys when you guys are sitting in a seat, let's just say you have an event and you're sitting in a seat and somebody's up there and they're just doing bullet points on a white, on a whiteboard, bullet point, tip, test, fact, bullet point, fact. What happens is our brain, it looks at the information, it, tra it, um, it translates it, makes it into sense of it. And then our brain shuts down. Once, once we figure out what that message is, it just shuts down. There's no engagement in our brain. That's how telling facts work. However, when you tell stories, what happens is the sensory cortex in the brain, it lights up like a Christmas tree. And so now I'm going to be engaged. And so when we talk about actually using science to do that, that's going to create an energy, right? That gets people to dial in. And so to go even more specific, we can get into it later, but there's like certain hormones that I'm trying to produce in my audience every single time I talk, whether it's on live like this or a community call or whether it's on stage. And once you understand the psychology of how people work and you understand that storytelling is just science. It's really, really easy. And, and I'll get back to you here now, but um, storytelling starts at the end. And so that's what we'll dive in today is that if you guys want to tell a good story, the story starts at the end. And like anything else in life, you reverse engineer back to you. Love it. Okay. So the science of storytelling, well, first of all, yeah. the criteria of a good story is that it's relatable. You start with the end and reverse engineer it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we've talked about or that they have on one of their worksheets in this group is something that guides them a little bit to getting ideas for their kind of brand story that they yeah. can repeat over and over. And the way that we kind of summarize it in one quick sentence is something like this. It's like, even the, or even though I'm blank, like where you are now, right. But the picture of yeah. or whatever, there was a time when I was blah, 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 blah. And that's why I blah, 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 insert your mission. So yeah. you insert your highest point, your lowest point, and that's why I blank. So sharing with this group, um, can you tell us a little more about what you do to the science of the story? Yeah. Like, yeah. I improve that maybe? Yeah, 100%. And so let's, like, let's just make this specific. To, and obviously, if you guys have any questions while I'm on here, please, like, be very, very specific. Ask your questions. Um, I, I, I am very blessed that I get to charge a, an insane amount of money for my time now. So please like ask me any questions you have while I'm here. Cause that, that's why I'm here. And so, uh, into the storytelling part of it that it goes, it's really, you guys, 
when I say start at the end, it, it's this is what Haley's helping you guys with is you have to really truly understand who your target demographic is, right? Who who is the person that you're talking to? Because online, Facebook alone, there's over two billion monthly users, right? Facebook our Instagram's pumped up to like a billion and a half now. And so I know people get scared and they go, well, I, I don't know if I want to niche down because I, I really just want to be able to help everybody. No, always a generalist. I'm always a specialist, never a generalist. And so first and foremost is understanding who is that person online you're talking to, because out of the billions of people, I promise if you pick just one of them, you're still going to hit an insane amount of people that have that same problem, same feeling. And so, okay, you go, this is the type of person I want to help. This is the solution I can offer that person. And so the first thing I always talk about is that turning your mess into your message. And so for me, for example, uh, you know, I had some really challenging things in my past, just like we always have. And so what I want you guys to first look back on is understand what is that biggest pain, that biggest challenge that I ever had to deal with in my life. Now, if you guys know my content at all, I'm on a mission to save a billion lives that save a billion lives with storytelling and vulnerability. And so one of the reasons that I've been able to shoot up the charts so quick is because I've become influential because I'm vulnerable, because I'm, because I don't have anything to hide. Uh, because I'm the one who's like, okay, the way that I explain it is I'm like in a world where everybody's sitting down, just looking around, like in angst and worry, just wanting one person to go. You just be the leader that goes, you know what? All right, F it. I'll go first. All right, guys, this is what happened. This, this is what I'm going through. And that is what makes you relatable. Nobody cares that you haven't made a million dollars yet. Nobody cares about the people that you're hanging out and taking pictures with. Nobody cares about what your program is. What people care about is that they feel heard and they feel connected and that there's somebody just like them. And so I'll get into a lot of my story later, but my parents were divorced when I was two. My dad was a severe alcoholic, used to beat the hell out of my mom. We moved out. She got, uh, when I was four, she got remarried. Now my mom was the CEO of a bank. So she used to have to drive 45 minutes to work, work an insane amount of hours, drive 45 minutes back, which meant that I was spending all of my time with my stepdad on the farm. Problem being is that my stepdad, uh, you know, I now I know now that hurt people hurt people, but my stepdad was just very very mean to me. Tell me I'm a worthless piece of effing crap. Uh, you're you're nothing but a, a, an idiot. You're you're a loser like your Mexican dad. You're gonna be a pie. like all this crazy stuff he would tell me, and so this really became my life of just feeling like a complete piece of crap. And it's interesting because then I would go out into public uh, in school and stuff, and you know, I was. You know, prom king and team captain and class president and all the things and all the things doing all the things. But then I'd come home and I'd be reminded of how worthless I am by my stepdad. Now, some people hear that story. They go, well, Marshall, why don't you say anything to your mom? I don't know about you ladies, but definitely for men, you know, definitely growing up in the Midwest, this toxic masculinity says that you can't do that. And so what that looked like for me is that um, I had some things going on in high school. And by my senior year, I was just so off track and so out of alignment with what I was, what I was that I just started drinking in all the time. I was like, I was like, first I quit football, which was my life. I was drinking after school every night. Then it was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink before I get into school. And then it was like, I was drinking during school. And all, I, it's crazy because I had the full academic ride to go to college. When I graduated, I went to Southern Illinois. Uh, I made it for about a semester, and I dropped out at 19. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And so from 19. Uh, for the next four years, it just looked like me bebopping around all over the country. I was heavily, uh, heavily using drugs, alcohol, really at the, just burning out, with, like bad relationship, toxic people. And finally, I ended up in San Diego out here at the age of 23. Now I'm 34 now, um, but at 23, I was living in this gross little apartment and uh, in the middle of you know San Diego, I had nothing in the apartment. I had a laptop and an air mattress, and that was it. And it just got to the point where I had been dating this girl for a while. We had just broken up and I saw that like, and this is back in the day of MySpace. I don't know if anybody's old enough to remember MySpace on here, but MySpace, I opened my computer on MySpace and this ex-girlfriend who I'd only been broken up with for like a year, like or a year, like a week, had already moved like across the country. And like this picture I saw around mine was, was not good of what I saw going on. And so that was just a kind of a final straw that kind of broke the camel's back. And uh, I decided to try to kill myself that night. And so in a little gross apartment, I took a bunch of cocaine. I took like 50 Xanax, drank a bottle of vodka. And I was like, I don't want to live anymore. And so what that looked like is, is I called my mom on the phone as I'm like falling out. You know, I can't even imagine being a mom. And I'm 2,100 miles away. And I'm saying, mom, I'm so sorry for everything. Like, just couldn't do it anymore. You know, and I'm fading. And she's screaming on the phone, Marshall, wake up. Like, wake up, Marshall, wake up. 
Now, luckily, nothing. I didn't die. My roommate came home a couple hours later. They found me unresponsive. They got me to the hospital. Great. The part of the story is, though, is that there's a lot of people out there that felt thought of hurting themselves. Well, for most of my life, because of the limitations of my stepfather and then because of the attempted suicide, I was like, nobody can ever know about this. Nobody can ever know about this. This is terrible. I'm so ashamed. I'm so embarrassed. The guilt that I felt. And so not that I wanted to die anymore, but I just didn't care if I did. And so I got really heavily destructive between the ages of 23 and then already up until 27. Now, at the age of 27, I had a best friend for a few years, a couple years younger than me. His name is Dustin. And Dustin and I were very much alike, um, except that Dustin was struggling out in Omaha at the time. He had a, a wife, two kids, and uh, he was really going through some stuff. He was using a lot of prescription pills, drinking a lot, and really struggling. Now, at this point in my life, I just was not in a space to talk about this, to, to even acknowledge it. I didn't know how to. And so I'll never forget, uh, 2014, Dustin called me up. Uh, in February, and he was crying on the phone. I saw, I saw the voice. I saw the phone, but I just, I let it, I let it go to voicemail, right? Because I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that, right? I knew he's gonna, I knew he's talking about, I knew it was a bad way, and so I listened to the voicemail after he leaves it, and he's crying. He's like, "Yo, bro, it's Dustin. Um, I just really need to talk to you, man. Um, just call me back when you can." Now, for me, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna call him tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll turn it out. I'll call him that week, next weekend, and the next week, and then." Before you knew it, a whole month had gone by, and 4.32 a.m. in the morning, Pacific Standard Time, I got a phone call from his sister, and I'm like, this is weird. I wakes me up, and I answer it, and Paige is like, uh, Marshall, Dustin hanged himself last night, and I was like, I mean, just, I mean, even now, like, I don't care any guilt, but it's just, it's, um, this is why I do what I do, and so when I got that message, I really had to start to look at my life, and I carried a lot of guilt around that for a long time because I always thought, man, what if I just told Dustin my story? What if I shared this with him? What if I had told him what I had gone through? But I didn't. And so I carried that around with me in a long time until basically I finally found a mentor who taught me, uh, you know, about public speaking and yada, yada, yada. And then through investing and so forth, now I end up here. And so why I'm telling you guys this is because that was my biggest mess. And it's what I ran from my entire life. However, now that I'm the type of man who's willing to stand up and be like, you know what, I tried to kill myself when I was 23 and I lost my best friend when I was 29 and it was the most emotional thing I've ever gone through. And now what I believe is that if I can be willing to create that vulnerability and be the person to tell the story, then I can help transform other people's lives. When I try to travel all over the world now speaking, it doesn't matter what stage I'm on, little or small. First thing I'll ask when I hop on stage is I'll raise my hand and I'll say, how many people in the crowd have ever thought about hurting themselves? And whether they raise themselves or not, at least 50% of the crowd almost always raises their hand. And the other 50% usually comes and finds me after I get off stage and they're like, yeah, I, I've, I've done that. Like, thank you so much for making space for it. So why I'm telling you guys this is because I know there's things from our past that were challenging and it might not be attempted suicide. It might be something different, but there's things from our past that we had to go through that we didn't think we were going to make it through. And so what I'm going to invite you guys who are watching this today is to ask yourself these two questions. First question is, if you could take away any pain, if you could take away any pain in the world, so you, so you just never, so you, if like, if it was like, if it's up to me, nobody will ever have to feel that pain again. What would that emotion be? What's that one pain you wish you could just take from the world and heal them from, right? That's the first thing. And so for me, I was like, okay, well, I want people to stop being lonely. I want them to stop hating themselves. And I want them to stop like trying to kill themselves, right? And so that's the first thing. What, what is that problem I can solve? And then how can you turn that mess, what you've been through into your message? Because the second part to that question is, who do you have to be today that you needed last year? Or who do you need to be today that you needed five years ago? Or, or who do you need to be that you needed 10 years ago? Like you right now on this call, do you think that you could give some advice to you from 10 years ago that might just completely change your life? Do you think that maybe you could look back and be like, yo, Haley, like girl, I know this is crazy right now, but you got this, okay? It's going to be a little bit tougher, but I'm here to support you and I'm going to help you through it. Like it would have made all the difference in the world. And so now when I think about storytelling and the way that I train people, I'm like, listen, there's nothing embarrassing about your story because every single person has gone through it. Especially as entrepreneurs, we walk into the room, hey, what's going on? Oh, it's great. How's business? Awesome, man. Hey, what are you doing? Living the dream. Meanwhile, we're all saying that, but it's like, I just had a fight with my girlfriend or I'm going to strangle my husband or my kids are driving me nuts or I miss my kids or my kids are sick, or my like whatever it is. And so what I've been finding is that with creating this space, 
right? Through vulnerability and storytelling that allows people to step into it and then find their own greatness. And so a lot of what we do in the fitness and health world, you know, it's, it's those same things. And we can get in some tactical stuff and it really comes down to understanding people's problem. People are having an external problem and an internal problem. And storytelling really talks about, it frames it around the topic of the external problem, but we're really speaking to internally what happens. And so the biggest thing for you guys is just understanding, okay, what are those challenges I had to overcome? What is that number one pain I would take away from the world if I could? And then who is the person I need to be today that could have helped me from five years ago? And once we once we have that kind of clear on what's going on, then everything else, our offers, everything we do, they just stand behind us and they sell themselves. Love it. Yeah. So I have a few follow-up questions and Rachel also asked one, but um, let's, when, as you were sharing that, I think a few things stood out to me is the details yeah. shared, the fact that you're not afraid to be vulnerable um, and the questions that you brought up as things that we need to answer. If you could take away any pain from the world, what would it be? How can you turn your mess into a story? Who do you need to be today that you needed 10 years ago, five years ago, et cetera? And framing the external problem and sharing that story and what happens internally that your people are going through. Um, so I love that. And my, so my, I, okay, so your story has a lot of downs, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and my question is, I know there's going to be clients watching this who are like, I don't know, like I, I was a little overweight or I was a little, but I, you know, I didn't try, I didn't do anything like, right. I didn't right. do drugs. I was an alcoholic, right. et cetera. And I'll share with you a personal story too. I, Please. one time I auditioned for America's Got Talent. I, I sing as That's you know. Exciting. And they were like, you have a great, I was a lot younger than I am now. They, they said, you are, a gr you have a great voice. What's your story? What's your background? And all I was saying was, you know, I go to school and I have a sister and I have two cats. Like, and they were like, yeah. you have no story. Like we yeah. can't have you on the show because yeah. it, like I, you know, lived on the streets and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so, um, what if they're, they feel their story isn't that big and how yeah. do they make something that's maybe not that it, big? Yeah. 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 It's interesting. How did that make you feel when they told you you didn't have a story and that you couldn't be on the show because of it? Well, not important. Not important. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's the story, you guys. So you listen to somebody like me. I'm like, oh, I tried to kill myself. Right. And then you sit in the crowd and you go, I don't have anything like that. I don't even matter. It's the same limitation. And so that becomes a thing. And so if you guys were ever faced with something like that and people are like, you know, uh, what, what's your story? Well, you know what? I'll tell you what the story is that I've, I've for a long time didn't feel worthy of being great because I look at my life. I'm like, I have parents. I went to college. I have everything. So what is it that I have to be sad about? But you know what I found out is that as I went out into society, because I didn't have some story, it seemed like I wasn't important. Or is there anybody in the crowd out there that feels like they're ignored just because they didn't go through a downtime? Yeah, exactly. I can relate to that too. And so any story can be relatable when we get to that core emotion. The details are you don't have a story. The details are that I try to commit suicide. At the end of the day, the emotion internally is that I'm not good enough. And so when you guys can figure out whatever that is, what is the topic that your client is the external problem? Oh, like CarMax is a perfect example. CarMax, when they sell their commercials, they're, they're not preaching to the external problem. The people that need a car, they need a car. I need a, I need a car. My car doesn't work. But CarMax is never like, come on down, buy a car. It's so the APR. No, the internal problem of buying a car is it sucks. Car people suck. It's not fun. They're trying to rip you off. It's a bad feeling. And so what does CarMax say in their message? Hey, no, nobody's going to bother you on the lot. Come down and sit at anybody's desk and we'll help you out. It's completely hassle-free and pressure-free. They are solving the internal problem and letting the client go, oh, yeah, they sell cars. This is the external problem. So same thing with you guys' fitness business. That's why the branding and position of what you call yourself and what your message is is so important because that's the overall umbrella that that is. Like I'm top paid speaker, but I'm a transformational storyteller. And so, yes, top paid speaker is my overall brand. My internal message is that you're worthy of love and greatness, right? And so that becomes the driving force. And so what I always tell people is don't really focus on the details. Find out what that, that emotion is and how can we go. A good story, like I said, starts at the end. The way it works with storytelling is once you guys get clear on what that, what that mess is that you're going to use as your message and you guys start at the end, when you go to give a talk, whether it's online, whether it's right in person to your clients, 
when you guys are going to do that, you got to think about, okay, where are they at right now? Like in this moment. So I'm going to make a Facebook video live video, right? It's live. It's whatever time, four o'clock on a Wednesday. So I'm going, okay, what does my client do? What's my ideal client feel like on a Wednesday at four o'clock? They're probably doing this and this. So I'm going to think of a story where the emotion that they have, like whatever their emotion they're feeling right now, what is a story from my life where I felt that same emotion? And then how can I start there and work backwards and bring them from where they're at emotionally here up here with me? So let's say that we're on this call right now. And let's say that it's Wednesday and we're doing this thing. I know that you guys don't have all the time in the world to just sit on an hour call, but you guys made an investment. You want to train. And so if I'm thinking that already and I know that and I'm not doing a training, but I'm just giving it, I'm telling you guys I'm speaking, I'm going to take that into consideration. And so I might start off with a story of like, Yo, check it out, you guys. So uh, thank you so much for having me on here, Haley. I was actually at the doctor's office the other day. And I'll tell you what, guys, I hate going to the doctor's office, one, probably because I'm a man. And two, the second thing is I just don't have the time to do it. And I was sitting there at the doctor's office, and I just kept looking at my watch. And the time was clicking, the time was clicking, ticking away. And I was starting to get really impatient. Any of you guys on this call ever get really impatient when you're waiting for something? Yeah, me too. And so I'm sitting there in the doctor's office, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. But I knew how important this was. I was getting ready to make an investment into my health. And although I'm sometimes getting impatient, I really needed to make this investment. And it turns out when I went to the doctor, I got some great news, worry off my chest, and now I'm feeling awesome. And that's what you guys probably feel like today. So I want you guys to know that your patience is going to pay off. I'm going to give you some awesome news and you're going to leave here feeling great. That sound cool or does that sound cool? And so this is just like an example. It's obviously a very, very general uh, story, but it's like, how can you meet your client, your audience where they're at, and then bring them up emotionally if you want? That's called framing. How do we frame what it is we're trying to do? Because now that I've made myself relatable, now I go, hey, what's going on, guys? I'm having an event tonight. Stop by, do my thing. Hey, you guys, I just launched my program, blah, but I just, all I did first was before I made my offer, before I talked about my content, I just parked a relatable story right in front of it. And so Rachel asked about how do you make it short? Actually, Haley, you stay in control. You tell me what, what, where to go next. No, I would love to dive into that. How do okay. people have short attention spans yeah. on Instagram and Facebook? Yeah. Oh. yeah. And so this is something that I teach as a speaker. And so this works for storytelling. So one of the things I teach my speakers is that you never know really how long the talk is you're going to get. Like you might have a 15-minute talk. You might do a 90-minute talk. And so how do you, how do you judge? Well, the first thing is, is understanding what is the, the beginning of your story. And so Haley had a nice little compact way for you guys to do that. But what is the opening? What is the, what is the beginning of the story that you, the emotion you want to create? And then what is the very end of it that you want to make them feel? Those are the two bookends or the, the train engine and the caboose, right? Cool. This is where they're at. So I got to relate to them. And this is where I want them to go. Now, if you have very little time, like, 15 seconds, you're going to want to go, Hey, right into the, right into the engine and right into the caboose. It's going to be very, very short. If I'm giving a 15 minute talk, I don't have a lot of things to do. However, what I would say is that there's uh, to sit down and to find, but I, I teach you this is called the story library, but sit down and write out some of the biggest turning points in your life. It could be good. It could be bad. And what I would suggest, what I would, what I would tell my clients to do is break it up into threes, find a funny story, find an emotional, like a sad story, and then find a story of you winning. Funny, sad, winning. And so now when we have these three different phases and we have the story library, now we can have these stories in our in a bank in this in this in our back pocket. So re regardless of how long or how short our talk needs to be, we can just put different cars in it like a train. And so if you guys are gonna be doing a training like this, you're like, oh, I want to put a couple of these cars in between the caboose and the engine. And so really, again, it comes down to verbiage. Um, for something super short, you know, I do like an elevator pitch. I just stick to my elevator pitch for 30 seconds to tell a story. Um, and for me, uh, the way that looks like is who am I? What do I do? Who I help? And then two statistical facts. When you guys are delivering a, a, a something really, really quick, like an elevator pitch, the two statistical facts, at least one fact at least, is incredibly important because it's like a headline. Headlines that say the 10 steps to storytelling convert more than here's the science of how to tell a story. Because that number 10 is something that we can quickly process and decide, oh, is that something I want to be involved in or something I don't? So if I go, hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Marshall Gillen. I'm a transformational storyteller, and I help people launch paid speaking careers. As a matter of fact, over the last two years, I've earned my clients over a combined million dollars, and I've reached thousands of people from stage. Now, all of a sudden, you go, oh, oh, who's this guy? Who's this girl? And so that's the power of being able to do it. If you go read my Instagram bio uh, or whatever it is or whatever I sent to you guys, it's like um, 
from attempted suicide to multi six figure storyteller. And it's just, it's just a quick blurb. And so it's understanding again, what is that mess that you're turning into your message? Because that is the part that's really going to make your story go quick uh, or long, whatever it is that you want to give. I hope that makes sense. I love it. Yeah. So write down, have like a story bank. I love the story bank idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing is how I know this question has come up for my clients. When you are telling a story about your vulnerable moments, if you're, let's say you're a health coach and you're sharing like the worst parts of your journey and that you still sometimes uh, feel bad about yourself or whatever, how do you prevent the line, uh, the fine line between being vulnerable showing them I'm just like you, but also still establishing yourself as an expert on the topic. Yeah. Do, do you follow Rachel Hollis? I do. Yeah. I've, I've read yeah. both of her books. Yeah. How many, how many pictures of stretch marks and fights and things and crazy trips does, does Rachel post? Lots. <laughs> have, you guys, have you guys seen the Brene Brown uh, Netflix special? Not yet. Okay. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh my gosh. It's, no, it's I- like the power of it's, you got to watch it. And so, um, and for anybody that hasn't watched yet, go watch it. And if you haven't, uh, if you're not following Rachel Hollis, go follow her immediately too. And so the answer to that is if you guys don't know who those people are, um, I think it really just comes down to being comfortable, right? Obviously there's a difference between sharing something that's like toxic in a way that's you venting and bitching and complaining and playing the victim. And there's a, a way of sharing something that's toxic that you are ridding yourself of and taking ownership of. And so there's a, I, I tell everything, but that's how I built my brand. I built my brand as, look, when I literally for you guys who don't know, three years ago, and that's not even true, like two and a half years ago, I just got fed up with what I was doing. I was a bartender. I walked out. I've been listening to too much Gary Vee that day. I grabbed my cell phone. I walked outside. I went live for the very first time ever. And I was like, yo, what's up? This is Marshall. Uh, this is my journey to becoming a highly paid public speaker. I don't know if it'll work. I might fall flat on my face. I don't think I will, but I welcome you to join my journey. This program is for anybody like me who wants to know the steps of success. I'm going to show you how to go from broke to rich and nothing to something. And so for me, literally all I did is I continued to be that leader who, like I said, when I, like, cool, I made, I made my clients over a million dollars last year. But did you guys know what I did in the beginning of this year? I freaking burnt out. If you guys go watch my content online from like March until May, it's crazy. It's crazy. I did like 15 different things. I went away from the number one thing I've ever done and because I, I was spinning. I was going, I literally was, I was desperately grasping for anything because like Tony Robbins says, financial gain without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And so for me, I had all this financial gain, except I had no fulfillment. And so why I'm telling you this is because I still shared it all. I was like, I burned down my business. People are like, what's going on? But I had to make that space. Even my girlfriend at the time was like, Marshall, you can't tell people this. I'm like, why? Everybody's feeling like this, but nobody's saying it. Nobody's saying it. Everybody's coaching, but they don't know how to talk. Like, and so to you guys, it's, it's however vulnerable you want to be. But just know that, again, it's very selfish. So I, I'm very selfish. I, I, I bear all because it selfishly makes me feel so good because it makes – I get messages nonstop from people who are like, bro, or thank you so much. Like, You have no idea what your video meant. You have no idea what that post meant. Oh, my God. Thank you for saying that. And so the more that that started to happen to me – it was like all cards on the table, right? And I want to be truthful. If I'm looked at as the influencer and the leader, then I need to be willing to speak up and say the things that are hard to say. And that's the same thing in your guys' business. It's the same thing with your personal development, with your business mastery. Doing the things that are uncomfortable and hard at first are what help you to grow. And so if you want to help people change and you have to be a catalyst for change and being able to catalyst for change, now again, means creating that space for your people to step into and feel safe for a moment where they go, okay, Okay, I'm listening. Tell me more, Haley. What's up? Like, you know, and that's the part that's so vulnerability as much as you want. But like I said, if you guys want an excellent example that's very relatable, go go check out Renee Brown or Rachel Hollis. Very or that good. guy Marshall Gillen. <laughs> yeah, and check out yeah, Marshall's page. His Facebook page captivates me every all the time. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Because ah, I appreciate that. Your, your stories and your posts, I'm always like, oh shit. Now I gotta sit down and read this. <laughs> And, um, so, so how, what about, and I want to ask, I want to ask you about that. How do you make these posts so captivating? You have a good head, like, tell me the structure. Like, how do we do this? Okay. Now I, 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 
I thought you might ask this. So I brought a whiteboard because anybody that knows me knows that I whiteboard everything. And so if you guys have pen and paper right now, grab it out because I'm going to give you something that I only give my paid clients. This is literally, I'm going to give you a template that shows you how to tell any story that is massively, massively impactful for your guys' clients. The way that I put it in my program, it's called stories that sell a lot of anything. And so if you guys want to know stories that sell a lot of anything, I'm going to show you right now. And so there's a, a couple things that we're going to do. Uh, we're going to draw two lines down our paper. We're going to break it up into threes like this. We have topics, problems, objections. One second, guys. Just let me get this filled out. Uh, I'm just going to put E, I, P. Okay. So this is what it looks like. I think I'm probably backwards on this on this uh, on this camera right now. But I have a topic. I have a uh, what's the thing I'm looking for? A space for problems. Column. That's the word I was looking for. I couldn't move on without finding the word. I have a column for problems. I have a column for objections, and I have a column for topics. Now, obviously, there's a lot more in depth to go into this. So I'm going to give you guys the overview so you guys can use it for yourselves. Okay. And so first, let's start over here with topics. First, let's start here with topics. You can do. I can, you can do up to, I usually coach six topics, uh, up to six topics, but I, I, uh, I just do five right now. We'll say that, let's say that you have one for every day of the week. Okay. And so let's just, um, let's go, let's go through some things. And so like, what are some of your favorite things to talk about over here in the topic part? It's like, you want this to be the thing where you go, look, like if you get me started talking about this, like, I'm not going to stop. So don't even get me started. Right. Like whatever. And so for me, it would be like uh, storytelling. Cool. Uh, it would be speaking. Yeah, for me, it'd be like a vulnerability. Um, and then let's pick some random ones. Let's say um, look, I, I live on this high rise so I can see the airport. So let's say uh, I love uh, planes. And then something super random. Um, sandcastles. Cool. Okay. So now these are these topics. These are things that we could always talk about, things that we love to talk about and that we can, that we, I mean, you could put fantasy football, you could put freaking, I don't have, I don't know if any of you guys play fantasy football, I don't know what I popped in my head, whatever you want it to be. So let's just leave those there for right now. But again, a few topics that you just know a lot about that you love. Cool. Over here, we're going to pick objections. So after working with Haley, you guys should uh, eventually already know what are the top three objections that your client gives you to working with you, to buying your product, okay? So uh, side, side note, you guys should probably list out 20 to 25 of the top objections you get right out the, uh, uh, the over objections that you have to them and how to overcome them and practice them every day. But top three here. So I'm a speaker. I sell people. Uh, I teach people how to get paid to speak. Great. So I know right off the bat that the number one fear, the number one objection um, that they're going to have to doing this is um, not experienced, okay? They might know that they have a problem. They might want to solve it, but that's not for them. And so Marshall, I get it, but I, I'm not experienced, okay? Uh, no money, that's a big one, and no time, cool. And a lot of these are the same, you guys. The common objections, of course, psychology of why people are like they are. If you're looking at this and going, oh, that, that, that's mine too. Uh, I can't have the same as him. No, like trust me, they're probably all mostly the same, and that's good. Uh, we're going to show you how to work through this. Now let's fill out this last column and then I'll show you guys how to do this. Now we're going to do a list all the problems. So again, I have an E for external problem, an I for internal problem, and a P for philosophical problem. Okay. If you guys haven't read the book Story Branding by Donald, Donald Story Branding by Donald Miller yet, you should read it. I got this cut part, part from him and I integrated it with everything that I teach. And so what is the uh, external problem that your client is having? For you guys, they want to lose weight. They want to feel, well, they want to lose weight, right? They, they want to be healthier. Um, and so my client, the external problem, let's say, is they don't know how. They don't know how to get paid to speak. I'm going to abbreviate. I'm running out of room to get paid. Okay, that's the external problem. They're like, dude, I, I want to get paid. I just don't know how. I'm going to go, cool. All right, tell me a little bit more, right? And then what's the, what's the real problem they're having? I don't feel qualified. That's what it really is. They would go out and learn how to get paid, but they don't feel qualified. So not qualified. That's the internal problem they're having. And then philosophically, 
they believe that's messed up. They're like, I have a message. I have a story to tell that could save the world. I need to get this out. The world needs to hear this. That's their philosophical problem, okay? Uh, needs to be heard. Okay, cool. So how do we put this all together now? So now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to work myself from this side of my board back, okay? And so now I have the template to tell a story about anything I want. Let's just say that today I went to the beach and I want to talk about sandcastles because I freaking love them so insanely much. And let's just say I'm going to pick one of these objections. Let's say that um, uh, no time. Let's say I'm going to do no time. And so I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to, it's going to be the topic of sandcastles. The objection I'm going to overcome is not having any time. And the problem I'm going to face today is uh, I'm not qualified. I'm just going to attack that internal problem, right? And so now I can, I can tell a story from here. So check this out. If I want to tell a story about sandcastles, if I know that my client's number one problem is that they don't feel qualified, right? What did we say earlier? Start at the end. Okay, what is a time in your life with when you had sandcastles, right? When you experienced some of the sandcastles and the emotion was that you didn't feel good enough, right? And then how did you fix that problem? So check this out. You guys, I was at the beach earlier today uh, doing, uh, I was at the beach earlier today with my mom and I looked over there and there was a little kid playing with his sister uh, and they were making sandcastles. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have siblings or not, but as the little sister to my older brother, he used to make these badass sandcastles. And I don't know if it was like how he packed it or if he was using the right amount of water or what it was, but his sandcastles were always so great. And I'm telling you guys, no matter what I did, I never could seem to get it as good as he did. Now, I don't know about you guys, but my brother, and God bless me, didn't mean to that dummy, he put a limitation on me. He made me feel like I wasn't good enough to make these sandcastles, you guys. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And so... You know, as we grew up and continued to go to the beach and as we, as we, you know, have our own kids, every time they wanted to, what they wanted to do, they wanted to need help them build sandcastles. I always made up some excuse. So I don't have time to do that. Mommy's busy. Oh, mommy's got to do this. I'll help you in a second. And it wasn't until I started doing that deep inner work that I realized that it wasn't that I didn't have any time. It's that I still, at the age of 40, didn't feel qualified to help my kids make sandcastles. Now, listen, you might be struggling with this in your health. Is there somewhere in your health right now where maybe you have that best friend and she's just got her body all great, right? And you show up and she, and then you're all of a sudden like, okay, well, I can't be Becky. I can't, I'm not as good as Becky. I don't have, I, I, plus that I don't have the time to be Becky. Well, I'm just going to be honest with you guys right now. I have met people just like that. And because of showing them a structure and a system of how to get healthy, and not only get healthy, but how to do it simple, it takes time right out the window. Because once you have a structure, what you're going to find out is you actually create more time in your life. Now, if I could show you guys how you can get in shape like Becky and have more time, wouldn't that be great? And then maybe you can teach me how to make a sandcastle. Boom. There's a story. And you can do this for anything. You can work yourself backwards from any of these topics. It could be about vulnerability. And you just think of a story about vulnerability that, that you want to fit, then pick one of the problems you want to disprove and then overcome an objection right in the same story. And so what happens when you tell stories like that is people can't, they can't, You've already hit all the big points. And so the reason that, Taylor, one of the reasons you probably sit on and read about a lot of my stories is that I hit a lot of those points. I start with a topic that you're interested. If you weren't interested in the topics, you wouldn't read it. And so that's the first part. And so as an entrepreneur and a digital storyteller, something like this, that, that there's, there's our commonality. And so there's, there's this, the topic. Well, one of the things that all of us face, the same thing, like I, I used to make a little bit of money. Now we make a lot of different money. And now the, the problems are the same, but different, right? I... I I didn't used to think I was worthy of hanging out with people who made $10,000. Now I hang out with billionaires. I don't feel worthy of that. And when I'm a billionaire, I'll probably feel like, who knows? It's always something. It's always the same principles, you guys. And so literally, that's the easiest, fastest way to tell stories that sell a lot of anything is using that chart. Did I confuse too many people? No, I like that chart a lot. And I think that um, if you guys have questions, comment them. But my only, I have two other questions having to do with this. Please. One is sometimes I think my clients feel shy sharing and going, even going live in general. Um, so how do they whip this together in a timely manner and share a good story without, you know, and make themselves do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Practice, pra practice one, yeah. one, it takes practice, a lot of practice. You guys, I haven't been, I haven't been telling stories like this for a long time. Even when I was coaching and selling storytelling, I, I just continued to get better. And so there's no right or wrong. Live video is best because the algorithms say it's best. Video is next best because the algorithms say it's more next best. And because people relate with video a lot, you can't, 
I, I started my brand Marshall Live because I, I didn't want to be able to hide behind anything. And so I always told people, look, I don't know what influencers are doing, but I go live because you can't fake it. You can't hide live. And so that's why you always see so much mess and vulnerability and craziness, right? However, um, there are still you know, millions and millions of people who listen to audio. And audio, a podcast is massive right now. There are still millions and millions of people who read blogs. And so what I would suggest for you guys is that there's no right or wrong answer for anybody. Just like you're not going to tell everybody to go do freaking kettlebell snatches, right? Like you're, you're, some people might need to start with just like some upright rows or some dumbbells around a cable machine or whatever. And so it, we're still working towards we're still working towards our goal, but we're using it in the medium that we know best. And so don't listen to all the, you don't have to do video. You don't have to do live video. It's what you feel most comfortable with. So just like Haley would tell you, start where you're at and look at where you want to go. Maybe you end up just blogging and you make $80,000 a year and you're like, holy freaking smokes, this is better than I thought I was going to do. And that's cool with you because you get to hang out with your kids. You get to type up on the laptop every morning, drink your coffee, look at the ocean and you're good. That's cool. You guys have got to remember that there's no right or wrong in this reality. You literally are the creator of your reality. That What you see externally is how you feel internally. And so the biggest things you guys should be focusing on is what is that message? What makes me feel good? What I tell you guys, I got on here selfishly. I'm just selfishly out to feel good every day by making other people feel good. And so when you show up in your business doing that and you understand that creating that space is going to bring people back to you, just get into where you just drop into that frequency where you operate best. If you're a great writer, then write. If you're a great audio person, then do that. If you're on video, then do video. They all work. Love it. I like that. Start where you're at. And that can be in different yeah. forms, um, like audio, video, et cetera. Okay. And what about if they don't? Because another thing that might be making them feel like they're not good enough in the beginning of this journey, uh, storytelling, is they don't have a lot of client success stories in general. Yeah. But they have their yeah. own personal stories. So how do they kind yeah. of work around that and make sure that they're Showing up like an expert, et cetera. Yeah. Be honest. Be honest. How many of you guys, well, I don't know how many of you guys do, right? But how many of you guys like maybe, you know, are still part-time, right? Maybe you guys are had this is your side hustle and you're, and you're still trying to do that, right? Well, guess what? You from three years ago wasn't even freaking brave enough to try a side hustle. You weren't even brave enough. Like there's, you wanted to do it, but you didn't. And that's the story. You guys, okay, so you're not going to coach, you know, entrepreneurs making six and seven figures yet but you can help you from three years ago. And so it's just as easy as getting on and going, hey, what's going on, guys? I'm gonna be real honest with you. I just got out of work. I am freaking exhausted, but I am not giving up on my damn dream of being a full-time fitness uh, pro because I know how much I have to give. And so as much as I don't feel like it, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna grind out about no, two to three hours tonight, but this is what it's gonna take. This is what it takes in business. Yeah, yeah, I've mastered health, but now I wanna master the business of health. Maybe you wanna master something. Maybe you wanna master your health. Listen. I can help you master your health. I've got that. Do it from somebody who has the blueprint and somebody that you know is dedicated to not only bettering you, but bettering themselves because I show up and do it every day, right? And so it's just, again, starting where you're at, pulling back the curtain and being honest because that inspires people. They go, oh my God, Haley's doing it. I've been thinking about doing my, getting into health. I've been thinking about getting into shape for like a year or two now. My husband's been griping at me and I've been feeling like crap. I just want to feel sexy again. You know what? If Haley could take a chance on her business, I'm taking a chance on her because you taking a chance on yourself is inspiring to somebody else to do it. A lot of you guys, if I go, if I tell you guys, I helped my clients earn over a million dollars last year, you, you might want to learn storytelling from me, but you might auto, automatically disqualify yourself, which is silly, but I, that you, I, that's how people work. And so you guys got to remember that not everybody wants to go out and work with Emily Sky, that some people can't relate with her. Oh, that's another great vulnerable, vulnerable person. Somebody that tells vulnerable stories online in the yeah. fitness niche. Go check out Emily Sky. Um, loves her. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, and so that's an example. And so just start where you're at. The, the other thing about that is when you have a story and you tell it and you do really well, just, just like you just did, where you make them actually feel like they're rooting for you. And they're like, I want to be a yeah. part of this too. And they actually feel yes. a part of this. And they want to buy into you because they feel a part of your journey. Um, the other question though is maybe they don't, or maybe you don't link it properly. How do you link your story to, and my programs are this, 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 or, or let's work together. What, what's well, the it's, that's the transition. It's a transition. Like we were like, we were just going through here. And so you guys saw when I got to the end of it and I was talking about, oh, now my daughter comes up and she wants to build a sandcastle and it turns out 
oh, that's something I've been having inside of me for a long time. But you guys, this is exactly what my clients feel like in their fitness journey. Do you guys see like the way that you guys are feeling about your fitness journey is how I feel about building sandcastles with my daughter. And it's silly. I'm looking at myself. I'm going, you don't have the time. You're not qualified. We're talking sandcastles. You're a 40 year old woman who's built a business. You can't build a sandcastle. So I know you guys are feeling like that about fitness as well. So the tie in is that you tell the story. They go, oh, now they're relatable. They go, they're, they're emotionally invested into you. Oh, that's why we tell stories to get them to make an emotional investment. They make an emotional investment and now they trust you. It's a way to accelerate the know, like, and trust factor. So once they know you like, you trust you, they'll invest in you. And so it doesn't matter what story it is. You tell the story, you tie it into the problem. They go, oh my gosh, she's just like me. You overcome their objection that they don't even know that they're going to have for you yet, but they're going to try to make up because of their limitation, but because you're the expert, you already positioned it. So you go to the topic problem with the objection and, um, and that's how you work it. Right. And, uh, so to answer your question, it's just, um, I lost my topic. I just thought of something while I was doing this. What, what, did, what was the question? Oh, so the tie, the tie is just to make that relatable right there at the end. And so once you, once you highlight the emotion that they just went through, now, boom, tie a new thing. Now, look, this, this may be the same thing that you're going through right now in your, in your business, in your speaking career, in your health, in your whatever. Hey, the same thing you might be experiencing in, in this area of your life. Remember, what we did is we, went, we thought we started at the end. Where are they at emotionally? Okay, so now this is a story. The details don't matter. The sandcastle doesn't matter. Being overweight doesn't matter. Those are the details. What are the emotions? Well, the emotions is that they don't feel worthy or they don't feel good. Well, what's the time in my life that I didn't feel like that? Oh, sandcastles. And so we start down there where they're at and then we bring them up. We make, we, we show them a tangible example of how silly or how to overcome it in the story. That's what the story is about. It's telling the story of, oh man, I used to be like this. But then, and then I, then I was like this, but check it now. And now that we took them emotionally because we got them to make emotional investment, but now because we took them from here and now that they're up here with us during our story, now we can talk to them like we would normally talk to them. Hey, what's going on? Like, look, check it out. You, so this is essentially what we're saying. Now, obviously we're not saying that, but we're going, Hey, now that you know that I'm qualified, now that you know that I can, that you can trust me. Now that you know that I'm just like you, don't you feel like you should probably buy from me so I can help you solve your problem? And they're like, Oh yeah, man. I, yeah, you are just like me. You know exactly what I do. It's like, you know me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. It's just storytelling and vulnerability. And, but the key part and what, like I said, hey, I was going to help you guys with this is understanding what are their core problem? What is the real problem at hand? And then understanding all the objections they're going to tell you. Because it's great that that works for you, Marshall, but that's not going to work for me. And that's why you guys want to overcome the, that's why you guys want to add in the objections. And so when you tie those three elements, topic, problem and objection into one story. It doesn't matter how small or how short it is. Like I could be like, yo, what's going on guys? I'm Marshall Gillen, transformational storyteller. And I help people who have gangster stories who don't feel qualified, turn them into paid talks. As a matter of fact, statistical facts. And so it's what I, you meet them at the end and then bring them to you. Love it. Okay. And um, I think that's such a better way to think of sales in general yeah. like i just this week actually we were talking about sales and overcoming objections and the definition of sales that i shared with them was from dan sullivan and it's um if it, it's selling is getting somebody intellectually engaged in a um in a solution or result that they want and getting them to emotionally commit to that Results. 100%. So it includes, and and then so and that's good for them. It's a, a result yeah. good for them. So adult, selling is serving. Yeah, and and then the emotional piece, it, it gives yeah. you a way to bridge. Like ex, instead of talking at your clients, overcoming their objections and lecturing them why they need this, you're able to take a story and you know make it um, make it a sale without really selling. I see a page that here. Yes. Page is shared. Sounds like I have another limited self-limiting belief on not being a good storyteller or to get over it. Page, that might be true. And so let's just talk a little bit of transformational work or, or for one second. I'll give you guys a tool that I teach because I, I, I'm, I do speaking on the low end, but people hire me one-on-one for transformational work. And so one of the things, uh, Page, I'll invite you to use is to reframe that way, the self-talk that you use around that. And one of the ways that we do, as silly as it sounds, is up until now, I haven't been a great storyteller, but today I claim my ability to impact the world with my stories. Up until now, I haven't been X, Y, and Z, but today I claim my ability to do yada, yada, yada. And so Paige, what I would say to you or anybody else that's watching this that doesn't feel like you're a good storyteller, it comes with practice. Like 
you don't just show up to your job the first day and you're like, walk in, you're like, yo, what's up? Yeah, I got this. Don't worry, need no training. I'm good to go. You walk in, you're like, I don't really know anybody. I don't know if they're going to like me. Well, like, okay. Um, and it's like two weeks and it's three weeks and you've been there for a year and you're like, you're walking in like, yo, what's up, Frank? Yo, Becky, what's good, girl? Like you sit down and like, you're wearing board shorts, right? And freaking, and freaking Crocs, right? Like you just get comfortable. And so the thing with it is, is that storytelling is all about desire. And you guys have got to find that why that burns inside of you. Because otherwise, what's the point in having a business? I know that when we get into business, we only get into business because we want more freedom. Except when we get into the business, we realize it's hard to make money. And so we focus on making money and we turn all of our time doing that and we lose all the freedom we ever had. And so then we become miserable within our business. We go, well, that doesn't work for me. That's not true. I used to be like that. When I first started off in business, I was a mess. I realized I had I, I was a, a joke. And now I'm a much better business owner and I crush it, right? And the same thing with you, Paige, or anybody else. You guys, over time, if you're committed to getting better, you guys are going to get better in any area of, of your life. The reason you're going to want to get better at storytelling is because you guys are going to love the impact it makes, the way that it makes you feel, the way it makes your clients feel. And so when we're talking about selling, right? Sell, just real quick to touch on that, selling is serving. You guys, one of my mentors, Ed Milette, he says that you have to be absolutely evangelical about what you sell. And I, I agree with that. Like, if you don't feel like you're the best solution, then you should either be working your tail off to learn and to have the skill sets to become the best, right? Or you believe that you're the best and you just need more people to know. And so when you think, when you know that you have a product that can solve somebody's problem, like think of how rude that is of you to keep that. Like, what if your arm was freaking bleeding? And I had band-aids in my pocket and I was like, oh, I'm not going to go tell Haley because I don't want her to think that I'm being weird. But meanwhile, I'm bleeding out and I'm, I'm too scared to ask for help. And I'm just bleeding all over the place. And you're like, this person is dying. I can help them. But uh, I don't want them to think anything of me. It's the same thing. You guys, these men, these women that you work with, they are feeling like crap in their lives. They're not, they don't want to have sex with their husbands because they don't feel sexy. They don't want to go put this on because they don't want the girl at the office to judge them, like whatever it is. And then that causes her to show up as less of a wife, less of a girlfriend, less of a daughter, less of an employee, less of a sister, less of a cousin, less than. And that's not fair because leaders like us on this call, are we've been called to step up into the limelight to be able to create that space for people to step into their greatness. And so as health coaches, yeah, that's great. But health is wealth. You guys, what I always tell people that like this body, I'm like, if we were in outer space and we were like in a space suits and I somehow got like a pair of scissors up there and I was coming trying to cut a hole in your space suit, you'd freak out. You'd be like, get away from me. Get away from me. I'm going to die. But it's the same thing here on earth. It's like, dude, your body is your space suit. And if there's a hole in your space suit, guess what? The gig is up just like that. And so when we start thinking about that, you guys, there are people, especially here in America, man, I mean, the government poisons the food, right? Like it's not healthy. And so how can we help people have more quality of life? And you guys, by telling these stories and becoming a great storyteller around your why and that fire that burns in your your stomach. Like when I go tell this story tonight and I tell my why, I'll tell them. It's because I don't want a 13 year old boy sitting on the corner of his bed in Illinois crying, hating his life, wanting to die. A 13 year old boy wanted to kill himself. What are we talking about? How dare me if I don't stand from the tallest building and run out into the street and I tell everybody about top eight speaker and vulnerability and storytelling? Like, how rude of me. And so I want you guys to think of that. Serving is selling. You guys have a solution. When you guys go to the doctor, you know, you don't sit down and go, oh, doc, I have a cold. And the doctor spends like 20 minutes trying to sell you on taking medicine. He's like, what's, what's the, he's positioned as the expert, which is what Haley's helping you do. Then they sit down. You, hey, what's the problem? Oh, I've seen that a thousand times. Here's your prescription. It's the same thing. So when you guys, storytelling just positions your brand as the expert, as the authority. And then when people show up, they're already interested. That's why. That they're already interested. They know, like, and trust you because of the story they told. So then it's your job to describe them confidently because you believe in yourself the solution to their problem. And that's it. That's all it is. And so that's why the quote exists. The more people you help get what they want, you can have anything else you want in life, right? And, uh, yeah, I really that's uh, kind of rough and tangent selling. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was a beautiful way to tie it all together because we just Perfect. talked about sales and I said the exact different analogies but the same exact message like you should be wanting like, hello i have a yes 100 <laughs> percent. yeah it's hard a lot of the self-limiting beliefs from our childhood that you know it just we're just not taught we're just not taught to be like that mm -hmm. awesome all right marshall so if anybody doesn't have any other questions if you do just put them in the comments but i really appreciate you for being here and of course thank you so much know where they can find you online 
yeah, you, you guys, uh, you guys can find me at Marshall Gillen anywhere. Type in Marshall Live. I'm on every social media platform, uh, and I do a ton of free content. And I always go back and engage with my content. So uh, if you guys need any help or anything like that, just come find me. Come follow me. Send me a DM, and I will hit you up. I'll probably send you a voice note because I'm too lazy to type. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to get that storytelling chart template that Marshall mentioned and taught during this episode to help you implement what you learned, go to HaleyRow.com slash storytelling. It's all one word, HaleyRow, H-A-I-L-E-Y-R-O-W-E.com slash storytelling. And if you want the opportunity to win prizes, please leave a written review on iTunes. This will enter you to save big money on my program. Or it can win you a free 30-day supply of organic recovery bits, which is also known as chlorella. To learn more about chlorella, you can go to HaleyRow.com slash algae. But I can't wait to see you guys enter and can't wait to read your reviews. Thank you so much and have an awesome day.